Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another Unstoppable podcast. My name is Ralph Graves. So glad to have you guys on this fireside chat with me and wherever you're listening on this podcast, wherever you're listening. Um, it's just awesome for you guys to be here. I know you guys could be listening to anybody, but you're listening to me. If, you, if we haven't met before, I'm a pastor. I pastor Cornerstone Community Church in Mill, Millville, New Jersey. I'm a retired police officer. I did 20 years uh, on the streets of New Jersey as a sergeant. I'm an author. I authored a book called Unstoppable, Seven Universal Laws That'll Change the Way You Pursue Success. I'm also the CEO of the Gulfstream Way. And I lead a community called the Unstoppable Community, and uh, I have a podcast, and here we are. <laughs> today, guys, uh, I have a guest today, and, and it's funny that um, I had reached out to her, my team reached out to her, so I know that this podcast was definitely meant to be. It's a very informative one. I think what she does is phenomenal, and it's something we need to talk about. My guest today is Mallory McGrath, and Mallory is the founder and CEO of Vive Planning, uh, and it's based in Canada. And Vive Planning exists to facilitate conversations around aging and end-of-life planning among families and loved ones. And we know how chaotic that can be sometimes. And these are tough conversations, but but Mallory and her team, they help us get us uh, get through that. Mallory, welcome. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. So glad to have you here. There you oh, go. Sorry about that. Hey, thanks so much, Ralph. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much for being a part of that. Now, did I get it right by telling everybody what you did? Tell my audience what you do, just in case I got it wrong. No, you did a great job, actually. I, uh, you know, when I try to explain what we do at Vive, I use sort of the analogy of a general contractor um, or the general contractor of the estate industry. So, you know, if you think about when you're doing like a renovation at your house, right, you've got this whole project in front of you. And so the project for me is the life of the client that I'm working with. And then your contractor helps you to draw up a customized blueprint of the renovations you're going to do. And for me, that's my client's aging and end of life plan. And then typically your contractor is going to coordinate with sub trades, right? Like your plumber, your electrician and whatnot. And for me, that's coordinating with our trusted partners here at Vive. So whether that's lawyers, financial advisors, accountants, real estate agents, the list goes on and on. And so we use this format to ensure a smooth process for a family satisfaction sorry, in the planning process. Yeah. And you know what? I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you guys offer this. This is um, and it's a tough conversation to have. And it's one that we don't look at. I just my father just transitioned in November and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he raised us right. So it wasn't a whole a matter of fact, it was zero drama involved. Just good, my, good. My, my brother and I. But but still, we you know, um, so many in our communities lack this particular planning, whereas some cultures um I I, uh, I was a I was a police officer and my, one of my captains was from Pakistan, 
Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he was a, he was a captain over here in New Jersey, but he was from Pakistan. And we talked about end of life. He said in that particular culture and community, they talk about end of life basically at birth. You know, yeah. they they deal with it so much differently than we do, and you know they're they're prepared for it as as mm-hmm. well as they can be, uh, as anyone could be. And but um, we don't have these tough conversations of who's what's going where and who's doing what. And so the the fact I didn't even know a company like yours existed, um, and we're over here in the U.S. and you're in Canada. What what made you? Let, let's talk about before we dive into to all of this because we can talk for a minute about this. Mm-hmm. Um, how how did you get here? How, how yeah. did how did how did Mallory get here to to offer such an awesome service for families and they're during their most trying time? How did you get there, Mallory? That's a great question. And and it's always an interesting one that I love to answer. I like to say that I had three pillars that got me to founding Beave Planning. The first is that I worked as a litigation law clerk for a decade. Now in Canada, a law clerk is akin to a paralegal in the U.S. The words are just a little bit different. And so it's kind of like being, it's like being an assistant, a right hand to a lawyer. And so I did that for a decade and primarily focused on estate litigation. So by the time that families came to us, they were battling. And there's only so much you can do to help a family resolve an estate litigation matter. Because once a brother sues a sister, once a sister sues a sister, I mean, how do you come back from that? That, That's pretty hard to do. And so although we would help resolve from a legal standpoint, I mean, I had to watch these families be torn apart. I had to watch brothers and sisters hate each other and then their kids never get to see each other again. So there's cousins and aunts and uncles destroyed. And it really started to break me taking these cases on because I felt like even though I could do the job that I had been tasked to do, I was not actually helping, really fundamentally helping in a big way. So I started to really look back at a lot of the cases I'd worked on and try to figure out what was missing, what caused this to happen. And a lot of times it came down to just a very simple lack of communication between um, the person who had passed. So in most cases, a parent with their next generation. The second pillar is that I come from a blended family. So my parents divorced when I was young, both remarried. My dad had some more kids. So there's four parents, three siblings. I mean, that's a lot of personalities, right? That's a lot of individual views on, you know, big ticket items like aging and end of life. Everyone's going to have a very different perspective. And although I'm very blessed to have a very positive blended family, everyone gets along super well. All four of my parents live in the same small town and are all good. Um, I could see after working in the litigation world that that it was easy for that to fall apart, that it takes a lot of work, a lot of understanding and respect to not have a blended family, you know, come to odds in any way. And that goes just for nuclear families as well, or any family combination. And then the third pillar was actually my own health. So I suffer from um, three autoimmune conditions that will impact the way I age. And I'm a 34-year-old woman, and I'm actually going through perimenopause already because of that. And so when you're going through an active aging process, process that, you know, 
your peers are not going through that, you know, typically a woman in her early fifties is going through. It causes you to reflect on what aging is like at a time when most people are really focused on what's just in front of them instead of what's, you know, decades down the line. And when that diagnosis came in, I was already building Vive, but it definitely gave me a different perspective because when I sit with a baby boomer couple, I can empathize. I can understand that feeling of, oh, I'm entering this next phase of the aging process, this next phase of my life, and and I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready for that part. And I can understand what that feels like because I'm going through it as well at the age of 34. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's 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 an awesome story. Um, Thank you. I'll definitely be praying for you in in that process. Uh, Thank you. Um, I, I'm praying for um, longevity and impact. That's what I'm praying for when it comes to you, Mallory. Thank longevity you. impact because you are really making impact and making families look at things that I mean. A lot of times, you know, while we're young and healthy, whether it's a, a like you said, a blended family, nuclear family, you know, everybody's a good health. Nobody looks at aging or end of life or even mm-hmm. even a sudden end of life. I mean, exactly. this is just the world that we live in. And um, now, is this something that is growing in popularity? Do you find more people uh, in Canada really looking at using a company like Vive? Like, mm-hmm. I, this is the first I've heard of it. And I, I could just be behind in, 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 in my thinking, but... No, no, you're definitely not behind in your thinking. It's not, I'll be honest, to my knowledge, something like this doesn't exist. I mean, a lot of people go for traditional estate planning to their lawyer, right, where they're going to get what we call in Canada, these are the names of our documents, um, a a last will and testament, a continuing power of attorney for property and a power of attorney for personal care. Um, And typically people go to their lawyer for that and they receive, you know, a legal version of estate planning, or they'll go to a financial advisor or planner, right? And they want to invest their money to make sure they can live to be a hundred and still live with the lifestyle that they want to have. Um, and they receive a financial based estate plan, but there isn't something out there, at least, you know, here in Ontario, the province of Ontario, where I live for sure, there's not something that, that looks at planning for your future from a very holistic, well-rounded way. And when I talk with families, I'm not just talking about, you know, who they want to name as their executor or who they want to name as their power of attorney for personal care or healthcare proxy, which I believe is the term that is more used in the States. I'm also saying, let's talk about your family. Let's talk about your kids, about their yeah. spouses, about what's happened in their lives that's going to impact how they take on these roles and responsibilities for you as you age and when you die. And a lot of times I think in our I can speak really our full North American culture is we don't talk about death and we don't talk about money. And for some reason, there's some viewpoint that came to this great continent we live on. When I don't know how we came to that, but you are exactly right. (laughs) But that's what we do. And I don't know if it stems from that initial, because a lot of, a lot of, um, I'm actually half American. And so I have a lot of family in, in upstate New York and, and this whole American dream element, it's definitely, you know, in some aspects up here in Canada as well, this idea that we're in this, you know, quote unquote, new country, even though it's been here for a while. Right. And we can do better. We can be better. And for some reason, I think that means we always have to be 
you know, independent and going 100% as opposed to looking at the people around us and allowing it to be a much more collaborative joint effort. You know, we use the phrase, it takes a village when we're talking about raising kids, right? And it should take a village all the time. It should take a village to, to you know, um, for when a couple gets married, there should be a village surrounding them. When they buy You're their first right. home, yeah. when they, yeah, there should be this full collaborative involvement in all of those important stages of life. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're you're talking strong. You're, you're talking everything I agree with, and I, I don't want this. I don't want this unstoppable pie. I don't want our conversation to go another direction. Another direction, but um, that American dream. I tell you what. I I, I, <laughs> I told you before. I pastor a church, and I had to yeah. challenge my congregation. I said, "Listen, some of you put an American dream over a biblical standard, but that's a whole other thing. That whole is a whole topic. other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's let's go beyond. Let, let's talk about mm. the bigger picture, a little bit bigger than the company." I, I want to talk about you and how unstoppable you are. Um, you started a company, and I, so I know starting a company is challenging, mm-hmm. requires a lot of discipline. It required your vision. You had to deal with mistakes. How was starting a business during a global pandemic, especially <laughs> this one, how has that been for you? Oh, well, you know, it completely changed my whole view of how I was going to have to, you know, do this. <laughs> Um, you know, we were supposed to, I started working on it prior to the pandemic, but we were supposed to launch in like April, May of last year. And even though my company, I mean, Vive in French actually means life to live. Um, so even though the name of my company literally means life, um, people view the company as being a company about death. Um, and that's something that we have to actively work to change. So launching a company that people would have initially associated with death during a global pandemic we had to rethink that, you know, we had to make sure that yes, that we could be there and provide services and help families through the pandemic, but also we had to make sure that it was going to be received well. And so, I mean, like everyone, it's like the pandemic hit up here in Canada. It was like March 12th that they put us on lockdown and we all thought eh, three weeks and we'll be okay. And, you know, here we are 15 months later. Right. And yeah. so we paused for a while and then um, kind of in the middle of the summer, I started talking to my team again and was like, okay, can we get this out in 2020? And things in Ontario were still really iffy. We were hit with different waves and there was a lot of lockdowns happening. So we decided that we would get it out in 2020, basically just before the end. So we launched officially November 16th. But I was able to use that time from spring to November to work with clients for free. So we tested our system and worked with families and learned the best way to provide these services. So in a way, I was kind of given time to really, you know, really streamline what we were going to do and make sure we were offering the best service possible. And then we took the risk of launching in November because I think it was still a bit of a risk. But thankfully, I think by then, even though it's sad to say, but I think we as a society had grown accustomed to our new way of living. And, you know, we're still waiting for this vaccine to roll, vaccines to roll out. So it thankfully was received well and has continued to be received well for the past just over six months of being public. That's a great story. I, I mean, you, you say you took a risk. You had to launch sometime. <laughs> you had to launch sometime. You know, that's part of being unstoppable. You just you just go out there and do it. Now, what what has have been some of the lessons that you've learned personally? What have you learned about yourself personally in this process? Because um, you're not you're not talking about an easy road. You're talking about looking at some 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 hard things and, and even going through some things yourself. Now, I do want to say this. You said that people think of 
they don't want you, you know, we don't want to think of your company as death, but it's not. It's really, it's it's continued life yeah. after what we call a, um, we call a sudden shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, in American football, we call it a change of possession. Okay. Uh, you, you know, so you have to continue to live. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you have to continue to live after the sudden change, whether it's sudden or whether what's expected. So, you know, um, but what have you learned? What are some of the lessons you've learned about yourself in, in mm-hmm. all these tough times? Mm-hmm. I was actually talking with someone about this the other day. And, you know, we had to change the way we were going to market and launch the company. And I'm, I'm a people person. I'm probably a lot like you, Ralph, in that I need to be in front of people, talking to them, connecting with them. And that's what we based this yeah. whole marketing of this company on. And we had to flip that around and go, okay, we have to launch basically strictly in a social media way. And how can we, I remember my team saying, how do we get Mallory's face out there as much as possible since she can't just walk up and go into someone's house and meet with a bunch of families and chat with them. And that for me, I'm, I'm a type A person. I like things planned. I like to know what's going to happen before I get there. And really to be an entrepreneur, I don't think that is 100% the best quality to have because you have got to be malleable. You've got to yeah. be able to dive over down that path when this one, all of a sudden a tree falls in front, right? And I sometimes agree. it's worth it to hack the tree apart and get through. But during a world pandemic, no, you just have to move to the next path. And uh, there was a moment there when we were contemplating launching in November where I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to to be this malleable person, to be a person who is willing to be incredibly patient and have no clue what's going to happen in 6, 12, 18, 24 months. And I had to make a huge mindset shift. I had to go, you know what? If you care enough to launch this, then you have to be patient. You have to work hard, but you have to be patient and you have to learn to celebrate every teeny tiny little victory that comes along because all of those little victories are eventually going to add up to something really remarkable. And so for me, it was a big, and I I really was sitting there, Ralph, one day being like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. I, I'm such a type A person. Am I ready to just release that, release that hold on this journey and just allow it to happen? And thankfully, I still don't know how I did it, but thankfully I just woke up one morning and went, we're doing this. It's happening. And I'm just going to let let the balls roll where they go. And I'm just going to go along for the ride. And the world's a better place because you did. And so many times we are hesitant. We think that we need more. But Mallory, you 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 were all set. You had everything you needed. And so we're mm-hmm. so glad that. And I think all the listeners listening are so glad that uh, you woke up that morning and just said, you know what, let's let's go. Thank you. <laughs> Let, let's let's go. So, like, you know, and, and I'm just thinking about the audience who may be listening. All of us, we all see problems in the world. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we're kind of hesitant to create a solution to those problems. You saw a problem and you saw the need, I should say, and you mm-hmm. created a solution for that need. And so how would you encourage what would your encouragement be to someone who's listening um, considering uh, they might be considering starting their own company or venture, what would your advice be to them? They, they see a need, they want to fill it. They're kind of hesitant about starting it, about filling that need. How would you encourage them? You know, I would say a lot of it really is trusting your gut. And I've always been a person who does trust my gut. Uh, and then I go and do the research a lot of times to back up the gut feeling, just <laughs> mostly to ease my mind. But usually my gut, like 99% of the time, it's right. Like I should just allow that to happen. <laughs> and for me, I think the big thing that 
that I, I would encourage anyone to do really is what I ended up doing because of the pandemic, which is I took on a lot of these free test clients. I worked with four families. They didn't pay a thing. I gave them the full range of service. It was a lot of my time, a lot of commitment. But what that did is it proved to me for sure that this niche market that I was entering was required. It is needed for families to get through this complicated process. I mean, baby boomers, are they're, it's going to be the largest group of elderly people we're going to see in North America ever. And we need to be prepared for that process. And, you know, working with these families and offering the service to them for free initially was was really eye-opening. And that's when I realized, okay, this no matter how long this takes, we are going to make an impact. And I think for anyone who sees that that something's missing in whatever market or whatever avenue they're on, you know, even just, you know, testing the waters in a way, just offering the service to a close friend or family, seeing how they feel about it, testing that out, I think is a great way, A, to build your confidence, but B, to confirm that, yes, this is a path you should be throwing yourself down and really diving into. Yeah. Yeah. So so you said you worked with families for free. And so the Mm -hmm. word began to get out. I'm just interested to know in your line of work with with Vive, who contacts you? Is it usually the parent or is it the children? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And it's actually, it's actually both. I mean, when we market, we market to baby boomers, but I have clients my age. And so it changes the way you plan, right? Because really once you're, well, depending what, I don't know what the rules are in the States, but in Ontario, once you're 18 years old, you can have a last will and testament. Um, It's usually 18, 19. There's some provinces in Canada, I think where it's actually 16. But at that point in time, the government has decided that you get to decide what happens to you when you die or you're incapacitated. And I think that it's important at any age for, for someone to be actively participating in the choices that they or someone else on their behalf is going to make in their life. And so, yes, a lot of our clients are baby boomers and they're coming to us to plan for their future. But we do have a lot of millennial or Gen X age clients. So in their 30s and 40s, some of them are, you know, newly married, have young kids, and they come for sometimes one of both reasons, as you said, right? They come for themselves or they come because they're worried about their boomer parents and they want to make sure that they're well planned. And so the thing I say to them when say a child comes to me about their parent is they'll usually say, I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to get them to listen. They don't want to talk about this. They don't want to share. And I always use the analogy of, um, of, of trying to get a kid to eat something, right? I have a five-year-old daughter. If I want her to eat broccoli and I nag her every time I make broccoli for her to eat it, She's not going to eat it. (laughs) She's going to continue to fight back. But if I just put it on her plate, don't really talk about it. Go about, you know, the rest of dinner talking to my family. Eventually, a few times later, she's probably going to reach down and pick it up and eat it because no one has nagged her to eat it. So really, it's by demonstration. She sees us eating the broccoli and not hating it. So I say to these younger clients, that's what you need to do. You need to plan for your future. And then you need to go to your parents because you want to share your choices with them. You need to lead by example. The same goes if a parent comes to me and they're worried about their you know, young adult child. It's the same thing. Lead by example. Show the importance of what you're doing and involve them in the process so that they feel included in your wishes. Sure, sure. Now, let me ask you a, a, a personal question. Mm-hmm. What are you doing on a daily basis to ensure that you stay sharp? 
to keep you living an unstoppable life? What are some of the techniques that you do? You're, well, how, how do you keep yourself sharp? Oh, a lot of things. I feel like I'm really big because of my health issues in taking care of my body and taking care of my mental health. That's really key for me. So I work with a mindset coach. I started working with her before the company launched when I was feeling super overwhelmed about what I was taking on. And she has helped me immensely. I go regularly for massage and chiropractic treatments, which means that my body is in a really good... I go regularly for <laughs> chiropractic and massage treatments. And a lot of people, when I say I go for massages, they think, oh, you right. just get to lay there and relax. And I'm like, no, no, this is active work. They are working the kinks out of my body so I can move and be active and be ready to do what I need yeah. to do. And that's really important for me. I think it's important that you're taking care of your mental health and your physical health. And I think a lot of times when we're talking about starting a business, everyone's really focused on, okay, I got to be in the right mindset. I got to do all the right things to be ready for this. And then they forget about their body, but you've got to take care of your body because if you get sick because you're burnt out, if you're doing all this stuff and you kink your back because you're not moving your body enough or whatever, like that's going to slow you down in your entrepreneurial journey. So you've got to find time to take care of your whole body in the same way that I at Beeb take care of a whole person's life, right? We've yeah. got to look at everything from a holistic perspective. In my book, Unstoppable, I, I write about the law of habit. Share with us one habit that you have that has really kept you, um, kept you, kept you focused. Hmm. That's you, a good give one. me what, give me, I know you probably have a bunch of good habits, but give oh, us yeah. that one habit that, you know what, this, I, I, this, I, I have to do this. This is a habit that a habit or ritual, whatever you want to call it. This keeps mm-hmm. me focused. This keeps me, this keeps Mallory centered. What is that habit? You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a verbal person. And if I keep things in my head, they don't, they don't go well. They don't come out. They don't, or they, or they get jumbled up with other ideas. I need to yeah. verbalize what's happening, not write it down, but a lot of times really verbalize it. And so my husband knows that if I sit down to talk with him, a lot of times I'm really not looking for him to say anything. <laughs> I'm really just looking for a human being to be there so that I can say everything out loud. And then all of a sudden make all those realizations, right? If I talk through an idea and and he's there or it's my mother or it's my friend or my marketing strategist a lot of times as soon as I hear the words come out I like understand them fully and that's really a big thing for me at first I used to think it was annoying to ask people to just sit there right and just like let me you know word vomit in a way and get everything (laughs) out but that's how I that's how I learn from myself that's how I work is getting the words out of my head and kind of seeing them come out and go, oh, I get it. I get what I need to do now. I get what the next step is. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. so different. Some people are in their brains. My husband, he can just do everything in his head. It's remarkable. I, I could never do that. Other people, they write everything down and, and, and everything comes to fruition that way. I need to talk it out. And as soon as I do that, like 9.99 times out of 10, I am ready to go and on the right path. Hey, guys, if you just tuned in, we're talking to Mallory McGrath. She's the founder of Vive. It's a planning. Um, it's, a, it's, it's Vive Planning. It's based in Canada. And, uh, and it exists to facilitate conversations around aging and end-of-life planning. And um, you really guys need to, to reach out to her and have these tough conversations. I, I watched back. I don't know. If, yeah, yeah, you guys had the NBA in Canada. I was watching yeah, the basketball yeah, yeah, game. <laughs> I was watching the basketball game last night. And mm-hmm. um, 
a reporter asked Kevin Durant a horrible question. And he even mm-hmm. said, that's a horrible question. He said, what did you think? And the, the reporter asked Kevin at the end of the game, he said, did you ever expect to be this good? <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, what kind of question is that? Of course I yeah. did. And so because we, we have to live with, we have to live life with some expectancy. Mm-hmm. What are you, what, what are you expecting in the future for your company, for yourself and for your family? You have this law, you have this expectation. I believe in the law of expectation. Mm-hmm. I, I want to wrap this up, but I want to hear about what Mallory McGrath is expecting, your expectation for Vive and for your family and for, and for the days to come. Mm-hmm. I I expect Vive to have an impact. And notice I said have an impact and not be successful. <laughs> because I think right. the word successful can be understood in a thousand different ways. Everyone's version of success is different. But I think I want I expect Vive to be impactful. I expect us to change the way Canadians view traditional estate planning and make it a much more holistic and collaborative process. I mean, that's not just our goal. That is my expectation. I can feel, I, especially in the past couple of months, I have felt that we are going to be able to achieve that. We're going to change the way Canadians view estate planning. And for my family, I expect us to find joy in the things that we do. That's been really big as I've taken on this entrepreneurial journey is, you know, it's hard to not constantly be working. And the pandemic for a lot of people, I think, taught us to be much more present with our family and loved ones. And that has been really key. And so I expect us to find joy in what we do and to be exceedingly supportive of all the avenues that we take together as a family and as individuals. Um, and for myself, I expect I expect that I will continue to work my little tail off to leave a lasting mark, to leave a legacy for my family and my friends, and hopefully a legacy. Hopefully, Vive carries on. You know, thirty years from now, when I decide to retire, I hope that there is a team working Vive to continually leave my legacy behind when I'm gone. Wow. Thank you. Hey, guys, listen, I want to open up the floor right now. Um, if you have any questions for Mallory. Now, guys, listen, I've done this Unstoppable podcast, about five or six of them, and no one outside of my moderator, my good friend Seth Silvers, who I'm going to have come up, has asked a question. So why don't you be the first in Unstoppable history to <laughs> ask Mallory a question? Because I know you have a question for her, uh, as Seth will, will, will get you up on stage to ask a question. But Seth, I want to say welcome to you. Are you here, buddy? Yes, thank you. I'm here. And Mallory, it's awesome to hear more of your story and more of what you're doing. Thanks, Seth. Yeah, my my question, kind of, as we get these questions started, is uh, how, like, what conversations should we be having with family members? Like, right now, like my parents and my spouse's parents are both in pretty good health, mm-hmm. so seemingly, like, oh, things are fine. So, what conversations should people be having, uh, maybe at earlier ages, and like, how how should we kind of be having those conversations? Exactly. Good, good question. I mean, things are seemingly fine until they're not. 
right, Seth? <laughs> I mean, we've definitely learned that in this pandemic, right? You can be fine one minute and, and not the next. And that goes for pre-pandemic or post-pandemic. Um, you, you have no idea what's going to happen to you at any point in life. But it is difficult. You know, parents don't want to burden their children. That's the biggest thing I hear from parents. I don't want to be a burden. And what they don't realize is by not having those conversations, by not planning, they're actually guaranteed to be a much larger burden than they realize. And while your, your parents and your wife's parents are healthy, and, and, and fully capable, you know, from, especially from a mental perspective, that's the time. That's the time to ask them, what do you want? Make it about them, right? It's not about you. Yes, it'll be you and your wife probably being actively involved in their care as they age. But what is it they want? Do they want to live in their home and have a, you know, a support worker come in to help them so that they can live there longer? Do they want to move to a retirement residence earlier than most people so that the transition's easier? What is it that makes them tick? How is it they want to live out those last 10, 20, maybe 30 years of their life, depending how long they live? What's the most important thing to them? And I think a lot of times, you know, ch adult children go into those conversations, um, not wanting, not actively trying to sound selfish, but it comes across that way that they're worried about how it's going to impact their life. But if you go in with that positive statement of what do you want, mom, what's going to make you happy? Cause I want to do everything I can to make sure you get the life that you want. I want to actively work with you on that. I think it's hard for parents to turn a kid away when they, when they say things like that. Right. Um, so, I mean, that would be my, that would be my advice is, is make it about them, make it about their joy and their life and and hopefully they respond to that, that yeah, that's, that's great, great. i i want to um <laughs> excuse me Seth, i have to say this to her for those who are thinking about well, you know parents don't want to be a burden to their children uh i am so i'm gonna tell you what's a burden when your parent dies and nothing's in order that's a burden i have mm -hmm. conducted so many funerals as a pastor where yeah. the family had nothing in order mallory you've seen it and mm -hmm. then on on the other side of it i thank god that my father was meticulous and you you know it was bad enough that he transitioned but the fact that he had everything in order oh my mm -hmm. goodness so we need to do ourselves a favor do our families a favor do the generations, whoever, <laughs> do our caretakers a favor exactly. to where they're not looking all over the house for the paperwork. It's right there. Everything is laid out. Everything's in, in front. And so if, if you are the type that are thinking that you're being a burden or don't want to be a burden, you will be a burden if 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 you don't talk to people um, like Mallory and, and her company. Well, <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, Mallory, um, tell us how to reach you. If, sure. if we're can even if we're in the U.S., we still might have some questions for you. How do how do people get in contact with you? Sure thing. They can head to my website, which is www.viveplanning.ca. Vive is spelled V-I-I-V-E. Um, you can also find us on all the social medias, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can come and uh, reach out to me personally or the company over uh, on LinkedIn as well. Um, we, we can only provide services in Ontario, but I actually do have some contacts in the States and, and, and would happily be able to help people find a support system or someone to help them with planning, I'd be happy to do that. Um, so I really do encourage you to come over and uh, check out the website and please reach out with any follow-up questions you might have. James, welcome to the stage. If you want to go ahead and unmute yourself, then we'd uh, love to answer your question. Yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me up on stage. Uh, I'm from Scotland, so I'm not even on the same um, continent, but... Um, I'm 39. 
I've never once thought of estate planning, which for me is probably a little stupid because I have a, a medical condition. I have neural fibromatosis. I grow non-cancerous tumors all over the place. And I have kids, I have a wife. And yeah, it's not something I've thought of. Am I kind of too late or is it one of these things that it's never too late to get started? That's a great question, James. And thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your journey and your story. Uh, it's never too late. Never. Not at all. I mean, you're 39 and, and you know, you, you have these children and a wife and you, whether, whether you had uh, this medical condition or not, you know, it's, it's important that you that you think about the the fact that you could um, you know get an illness that incapacitates you or pass away at a young age, right? And and knowing that you protected your legacy, and when I say legacy, I don't just mean assets, right? Your house, your car, money, whatever. I mean your legacy, who you are, James, as a person. Being able to pass that on to your children to make sure that your family is safe if anything were to happen to you, that is really really important. And I mean, I know, I mean, I would assume that Scotland has a very similar, um, similar way of doing planning just because it is, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's part of the, the British Isles, it's part of the Commonwealth and Canada was as well. So we do a similar version of law. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but, um, but I know there would be, there would be probably lawyers that speci specialize in estate planning and in making sure that things are in place. So I really do encourage you to, to look into that and see if there are service providers around you who can help you. Thank you, James, for for call, uh, for um, jumping on, man. And I, I'll definitely be praying for you too over there in Scotland, Mallory. I'm seeing global opportunities for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about impact. Well, Time yep, for you to start yep. making some calls. Time for you to start franchising. I'm Apparently. telling you that right now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. Uh, I, I, that, that's what I'm getting from this because you are truly unstoppable and you're providing a service. Like you said, many to James is not alone. We don't think mm. of, we don't think of it and, and we should, but you know, we're under a certain age and we think that tomorrow is promised, but it, but it's yeah. not. No, it's, it's not. not. Thanks again, James. Thank you. Anyone? Yeah. Okay. I think we're well, good Mallory, yeah, we're, this is this has been great. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, James. Thank you, Mallory. Tell us one more time. Well, I'll tell them. You can get in contact with Mallory at www.viveplanning.ca. And Vive is spelled V as in Victor, I-I-V-E planning.ca. Or you can email her at Mallory at viveplanning.ca. Did I have it right, Mallory? You got and, it all uh, right. <laughs> you can find her on Instagram and yeah, any social media platform. They are out there. Guys, listen. My name is Ralph Graves. You can check out my website at Ralph at RalphGravesJr.com. I have a book called Unstoppable. Go pick it up. Uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Get it from my website. Wherever fine books are sold, yeah, a copy can get to you. I also have something called the Unstoppable Community or the Gulfstream Way. You can find out how to join either one right on my website. Drop me an email. I would love to hear from you. Um, show up again next week right here at the same time. And we'll continue to be unstoppable together. My name is Ralph Graves. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Mallory. Thanks so much, Ralph. Pleasure to be here. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this unstoppable conversation. I want to make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. 
you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week, I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.